Hunting for the bottles that you want can get you frustrated with your local liquor store. Well, I happen to have a local liquor store owner here, and we're gonna talk about whether or not your frustration is fair. So stick around. I have Nav Singh here, and he owns a couple of local independent liquor stores. And so you are uniquely qualified to help us navigate through, you know, what is it like? And what's it like on the other side so that we can maybe develop a little bit of understanding between the whiskey nerd and the store owner? I know Nav because he works with the, the club that I'm a part of, Someone Say Whiskey, and we actually use his retail locations to release some of our single barrels. And so we've been working together for a little bit. Background, how many stores do you have? So currently we have four stores right now. Uh, we started off with the flagship store, Bethany Discount Liquor, which is the one in Allen, Texas. That's the main focus of, that's the main one we've been working with you guys on. Mm -hmm. um, that one's in Allen, Texas, and then Whitesboro Liquor in Whitesboro, Texas. We got Pilot Point uh, Liberty Liquor, and the fourth one is in Denison, Apollo Liquor. Apollo, okay. Uh, is one of those new? Yeah, Apollo's the newest one. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, because I remember thinking that it was three, so four, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. On the come up. <laughs> Once you learn that business model, I guess it just makes sense to keep expanding. You got to keep going. That's the game, right? That's awesome. So how long have you been in the liquor business? So I started back in 2017. That's when we opened up Bethany Discount Liquor in Allen. Uh, so about five years now. Okay. One of the things that I wanted to point out is that, you know, when, when a whiskey lover goes into a liquor store, they are very focused on bourbon or American whiskey or whatever it is that they collect. But that's not the only thing that the store does, right? Exactly. And so if you were to venture a guess in the industry in general, what percentage of sales are from the bourbon category? So it's hard to put a number on there, but I would say 12 to 20% is uh -huh. bourbon sales. But uh, our store is a neighborhood store, for example, Bethany Discount Liquor. It's a neighborhood store, so we had to build our foundation from the ground up, right? So. Our sales are mostly were vodka, mm -hmm. you know, you got your whiskeys and then tequila, scotch, and you know, bourbon. Um, but the good thing is, since we built it from the ground up, like that's what started our uh, store sales and everything is, is the vodkas. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that pays for everything mostly. And, and that's an important point to realize when you're going out and you're interacting with these people at these stores is that you may think that they need to be 100% focused on the bourbon like you are, Exactly. But that's not really what pays the bills. It doesn't. Yeah. So like I said, it's we built a foundation with the neighborhood store. Um, that's vodka sales. I mean, that's still number one. I was just looking at my numbers this past weekend for the year. Vodka still at 30% and bourbon at 22%. Okay. So that just tells you what it's at. So you're on the higher end of what would be considered a normal industry average for bourbon sales. I am. Yeah. Definitely. Yes, sir. And when we're talking about bourbon, that's the overall category. Um, one of the things I like to point out is there's a smaller category of bourbon, which are allocated bottles, meaning, mm -hmm. and, and just so you know, from a industry standpoint, allocated means that when he puts in an order, there are restrictions on what he can order, right? So there are bottles that are not allocated. You can order as many as you want. If you ask for 20 cases, they bring it to you the next day. Exactly. And then there are bottles, and we use the term allocated to mean rare. Exactly. But allocated actually means restrictions on ordering between the retailer and the wholesaler. And so there's that would be a smaller number of the bottles that you carry in your store. Um, could you pay your bills with allocated bourbon sales? 
I would say no, because right. in order to get these allocated bourbon sales, you have to be able to move product, mm -hmm. your regular product, right? So uh, just hunting for allocated bourbons can get you in this hamster wheel where you're sitting on so much. So now you're actually taking a step back. Right. So I think it wouldn't be a smart, uh, you know, business, business, plan. <laughs> business plan for just selling your business, uh, you know, just focusing on allocated. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Did you know that bourbon can only be made in Kentucky? False. Truth is, bourbon can be made in any state in the United States. Well, did you know that good bourbon is only made in Kentucky? False again. Have you tried Still Austin? What's Still Austin? How'd you do that? Don't worry about it. Still Austin is a little bit different than others. First of all, they use heirloom grains. All of them are sourced from the state of Texas, which is gonna create biodiversity, but it's also gonna throw off some flavors that are a little bit more bold than what you're used to from the commodity grains from Kentucky. And two, they use a column still. A lot of people have had negative experiences with Texas bourbon because it came off of a pot still and it throws off flavors that they're not used to. So you end up with a flavor that's bold enough to be considered a Texas whiskey, but not so off profile that if you're used to Kentucky, you're not gonna like it. So everything really is bigger in Texas. True. Everything is bigger in Texas, Wes. Yes. Still Austin, Bourbon Real Talk approved. To have a bottle shipped to your door or find a retailer, click the link in the video description. If you can't actually pay your bills with allocated bourbons, then why focus on them at all? What what does it get you as a store owner to to carry to bring those products in? It's a good point. Like like I mentioned earlier, so like a neighborhood store, right? So we're already set with the um, you know a number of people that shop from us. But diversifying our customers with bourbon is like okay. So like now when the customers know that we have all these allocated bourbons that are coming to the store, we've actually just expanded that, right? For the customer base so now we're getting a lot of customers from so we basically diversify the customers now we're getting customers from all over from fort worth irving um all over the metroplex that are coming into this you know 1200 square foot liquor store and like oh like we need to go here mm -hmm. uh, and so the idea is to make it a travel store right mm -hmm. so like people like i've had people from california that come in like oh my god hey we heard about your store so i always want to be in the conversation when somebody is traveling to the metroplex they're like hey we need to shop uh, stop by at Bethany or Whitesboro or Liberty or Apollo, like one of those locations because they're so well known in the bourbon category. Right. So it's a, it's about building relationships then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that's going to draw the people in. But your hope is probably while they're there that they don't just buy the allocated bottle. Of course. And that's the whole idea, right? So like you have to be able to move other products. I mean, bourbon, like I said, it doesn't come down to just bourbon doesn't pay the bills, right? So right. you got to make sure your other product is moving. And in able to get these uh, allocated bourbons, you got to be able to move some certain stuff. Some well. product. Yeah. So, so why don't you just call up Buffalo Trace and order more Pappy Van Winkle? I mean, I, hope, I wish it was that easy, right? <laughs> because <laughs> we would love to do that. But obviously, the suppliers and the distribution distributors, they're they're constrained. They have limits too, right? So they have just like we have so many customers that are looking for allocated bourbons. That, where are their customers, right? So mm -hmm. there's a thousand of stores that they have to take care of in the relationship, and there's only so much that they can give out. So what he's referencing is he doesn't buy from Buffalo Trace. Yeah. He, 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 you're prohibited from doing so. Yes, sir. So the retail store has to buy from the wholesaler and the producer, which in the case of Pappy Van Winkle is Buffalo Trace, is going to have a contract with a wholesaler in the state of Texas. And he can't just call up the wholesaler 
and say, hey, send me more Pappy Van Winkle because everybody's asking for that, exactly. right? So one of the things that I think that consumers really don't understand is that there are some things that go on for retail stores, not all of which is 100% on the up and up. So uh, what are inducements? So that's mostly like, you know, obviously like asking for, you know, certain things in exchange, but you know, I, I like to call it like the number game, right? Mm -hmm. So you're trying to build a relationship with the supplier, with the distributor where, um, hey, it's all about the numbers at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So if you're moving certain amount of product and like, hey, we need, if you're moving the regular items and everything, right? So then you're able to get some of the, more of the allocated stuff mm -hmm. because, you know, as uh, I can see, like distributors and sales reps, they're always going to have these numbers and these goals to hit. Sure. Right. In any industry. So at the end of the at the end of the month, there's certain numbers like, hey, we have some extra allocation. Can you help with this? Mm -hmm. And like, I don't like to do it all the time. But the items that I know that I can help with. Hey, why not? Like it brings me some extra allocations. And that way it, it's a win win for both people, even though I'm taking on a lot of inventory at the time mm -hmm. and as a space as small as my store 1200 square feet i have to figure out a way to roll that inventory very quickly right right and so basically an inducement is when they tie the purchase of one product to the purchase of another product and from a technical standpoint that's not legal from a business standpoint if you have 10 of something and you have 100 people who want to buy it how are you gonna decide which 10 of the 100 are gonna get it? Exactly. And it's probably gonna be your best customers, right? And so there's a little bit of gray area, um, but do you ever get asked to buy products that you don't necessarily, you wouldn't have otherwise bought, but they're asking you to bring it in and there's kind of this tacit understanding that they're gonna take care of you on something else later? So that's the whole thing, right? Building relationships. So like this industry is so fast moving forward, like, and it's just moving so quickly with new products coming in every day. Um, so you need, so obviously suppliers, like for example, Prideful Go, right? Mm -hmm. So your distributor, you, you need some help to grow that brand. So mm -hmm. you're like, hey, I need help to grow this brand. So what they're, they're gonna offer extra incentives for the sales reps to like get these pods, pods is like three, three bottle placements and mm -hmm. these, these different independent stores and these big chains. And then they'll put like a, you know, uh, an incentive for that. But then that's the only way to get that product into these, because you know, they're new products and I sure. would have not heard of it, you know, if there was nothing, if they didn't offer that to me, right? Right. So what I usually do is like, okay, there's a three bottle pot, I'll bring it in, you know, let me, let's see how it goes. And then that's just, it's just a relationship, right? So I'm building that relationship with the rep. He's like, okay, you, you helped me bring these pods in this month. I have some extra allocations. Let me hook you up at the end of the month. This right. is what we have. Right. And so it's not necessarily this like terrible nefarious thing, but it does go on and it, it, and it can put pressure on a small store, especially. It, it really can. And luckily I've, I've figured out ways and I'm still, you know, navigating that, but like figuring out ways on how to move that product, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think we'll, I'll, I'll touch on that later, but it's just, you've got to be able to move your inventory, mm -hmm. right? So same with anybody, like if you're sitting on inventory and Yes, we all love allocations and everything, but if there's certain things that you cannot move, then as a business, that's that could be real scary. Right. So how do you decide who's going to get your allocated bottles? Because every store does it a little bit differently. <clears throat> Everybody does it very differently. Uh, I do a mixture of things. I've always I'm known for my raffles. Now we do monthly raffles uh, raffles here at Bethany, and then that's where I put my you know hard to get bottles. For example, in this month's raffle, I have the Will It Nine Year Purple Top 
um, the Willet eight year rye. So these bourbon, sorry, the Willet eight year purple top and the rye purple top and the green. Uh, so those bottles, they really bring in like, you know, it, it's a little, it brings a little hype like, oh, Bethany's doing these raffles and I'm shopping anyways. Let me do that. So what I do is raffle. So every $40 you spend, we give you an entry. Mm -hmm. And um, and that makes it easy for customers, right? So spending $40, that could be a bottle of Tito's and a Fireball right there. Right. And you're going to buy something for the wife, maybe a couple of wine bottles or something that gets you an entry. Where you might never be able to get those bottles somewhere else. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of the point system mm -hmm. um, because I've heard a lot of stories from customers like, They've been chasing a bottle of Blantons for 500 points and they finally get to the 500 points when they spent $500 in the store, but it's already gone. Right. And that so it's so for me, I was like, OK, what I started doing is the raffles and then I started mixing it up. Now I started doing bundles as well. Mm -hmm. Now randomly at different times, we'll put out a bundle. It might be like a bottle of Blantons and one of my store picks or something else, you know, mm -hmm. just to just to keep it, you know, inventory. And, and, yeah. And figuring out ways to put bottles in different hands. I don't want the same customers to keep getting the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I always, like people will ask me, when is your delivery? And I was like, it, it doesn't matter what my delivery day is. Like I'm randomly going to just put it on any time. It could be at 7 p.m. at night. It could be at 3 p.m. It could be at 10 in the morning on a Saturday, right? right. So just giving different people opportunity. different opportunity to get it. So speaking of employees, uh, one of the other things that people get frustrated with local, local liquor stores is dealing with the employees. Um, and so is it easy to find a good employee to work a liquor store? <laughs> it's actually very difficult to find <laughs> good employees. So once you find good employees, like my thing is to like retain, you know, and invest in your employees. I mean, I think they, they're, they're the backbone of your company, right? So mm -hmm. like it's business one-on-one, like once, once you have good employees, you got to figure out ways to keep them incentivized and keep them happy and like compensation or what it is to like, you know, keep them, keep them going. But they buy all the allocated bottles, right? Like they don't even tell the customers. They just, they just, they get to buy them all. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rumor, man. I'm telling you, people go in. They have a ne negative experience with some employee, really? and then and then they'll go out and they'll jump on one of the Facebook groups and be like, "Yeah, this guy's an a hole, and he buys all the allocated bottles before a customer gets a chance and all that." Well, wow. but but you actually prevent them from. From I, buying up all the allocateds, right? Yeah, I've been blessed enough. My employees have actually never put me in that situation where they're like, hey, Nav, you got this bottle of Blanton, can I just take it? Because right. they know how hard I work on the back end to be able to get keep my numbers up and be able to get an allocation of Blanton, which is like two bottles or two, maybe one bottle a month, mm -hmm. to figure out how to keep it you know, going. And they know the raffle system that we do. And so, and like, luckily, and they see that I, I don't just take bottles out of my... You know, right. like, they don't see me taking it. They're like, I'm, they're always like, okay, like they already see me like, hey, how are we going to move this bottle? What's the best way to like, you know, should we do a bundle with this one? Should we do an allocation? Should we do a wrap? What do we do? Right. right? So they're always, and they, they're so good now that they're like, hey, now like this person didn't win on a raffle, but he was looking for this bottle. We should hook him up. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay. That's awesome. Let's do that. Yeah. I just, I don't think that people understand that most of the people that work in the store, they don't make a killing no, of course not yeah, and so. and to hire somebody that was making a killing would make it cost prohibitive for them to sell the bottles at the price that you're used to paying for them and it's this weird balance of trying to find somebody who is uh both competent uh but also willing to work for a wage that keeps the prices where the customers want them right 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 and the good thing is like uh goes back to you know finding the right employees and seeing the like-minded people right mm -hmm. so they see how I operate and you know, but obviously at the end of the day, like I don't even want to give my employees a chance to like ask for a raise. 
I do my best to like, hey, um, like, what do you bring to the table? I always like sit, just sit down with them. Like, I need this, this, and this. And what do you think? You know. Mm -hmm. So like, I want like I want to get the best out of them, but I want them to be happy. So like, hey, you bring more to the table. Let's see what we can do. Like, sure. this is what I can offer. So like, I like to bring the corporate aspect of it and then still the mom and pops but i mean but you're doing it right your store is unique and and it's unique in the customer service experience that people have but it's not like that everywhere and if you're out there you gotta you know you gotta keep that in mind so let's get down to brass tacks because what the people really want to know is what can you tell them that's going to help them get allocated bottles so <laughs> what what would you say are things that people do and say when they come into your store that makes you not want to sell them an allocated bottle well, that's easy, right? So, like, there's a lot of keyboard warriors right nowadays, and they'll just, because I'll have that forty dollars or more, and mm -hmm. they're like, "Oh, well, I can buy this everywhere. You know, mm -hmm. I can buy this in, in, in the store everywhere." So it's funny. Some of my own customers would tell, like, "Oh, which store do you go to? Like, where do you find McKenna Tan just sitting on the shelf or a bottle of Eagle Rare?" Like, it's we don't see it. Right. So it's just like, and then you, and then I see these people in my store, like, "You made that comment that day. Mm -hmm. You're still in here." Right. Like, it just. So like it just it just rubs off. So, wrong. so talking trash online is a bad look. Exactly, and then yeah. like from now like I was just talking to some of my employees, and they were like, yeah, because you know I would like to see their experience too, and they're like, yeah, they they understand how to gauge the experience now too, like understand like what this person is asking. They'll see a f person come in all the time, always look around and never buy anything, mm -hmm. and they'll come again. They'll we'll taste them on all our store picks, and they'll never just buy anything. So they're like. Does this person actually really want something, or they? Because they always ask for bland things, right? And that's right. the number one question we still get asked to right, till right. this day. So, so um, it's just like. Do so you, that's a way you identify flippers, basically. Yeah, and that's why we'll we'll try to put the forty dollars or more. If you're not a flipper, like you buying a bottle of something else isn't. It's not gonna you know, push like turn you off. Like oh my god, this guy is charging me forty dollars. Like not, I'm not charging forty dollars. I'm just asking you to spend. Forty dollars. You're supporting right. small business by picking up something else on the shelf that is actually very difficult for me to probably get. Right. Um, so that's where it comes down to. So like, just be positive and just support the store. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, we notice. You know, we're not we're not total wine or goody goody. It's not like we have 30, 40 employees. We have three employees. We know who you are. Right. We know who you come, who's coming in, who's purchasing. You know. Right. Right. So in conclusion, don't be hateful. Be kind. Be a good supporter of the store. And that's your best path to get what you want. So uh, I really appreciate you coming yeah. on. So if you're ever coming through the Dallas area, maybe uh, swing by one of the stores and yeah. see what you can find. He's got an excellent selection, uh, even on the shelves. So, <laughs> so if this is your first time watching the show, I would like to thank you for the view and tell you a little bit about our show philosophy. We're all about bringing people together around bourbon. And... That's something that's personally important to me because I did lose a loved one to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath of that and trying to make sense of it all, I started to look for ways to help people feel like they were a part of community that my brother obviously didn't feel when he made that decision. And I started to see the connective power of whiskey. And I figured if I can get you connected to whiskey, whiskey will do the rest of the job and get you connected to others so you don't have to feel that way. Um, and, and in that process, I did get very involved in the whiskey enthusiast community, and I saw some negative behaviors out there, trolls being hateful to strangers online. And that led me to two conclusions. One, I needed to start Bourbon Real Talk community so that there was a forum that didn't have that you know negative culture in it. But two, it made me realize that if those people can be hateful to you online, there's nothing that keeps me from loving you online. 
And that's why I end every show the same way, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you're unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. If you're a whiskey lover, you know the struggle of keeping your whiskey samples organized. How do you keep track of them? How do you store them securely? Introducing the Whiskey Sample Storage Box from your friends over at Bourbon Real Talk. It comes in two options, one box for two ounce samples and one for the one ounce bottles as well. These handcrafted boxes are the perfect addition to your whiskey collection. Now, when your whiskey friends give you a sample or two to try out, you can store them in style. Head over to bourbonrealtalk.com and pick one up today. <laughs>